1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back
0: to this exciting episode of Tripping Up. Today I've got an amazing guest that I cannot wait for you to meet. Rosie Bell is a location-independent travel writer, editor, and author of Escape to Self and The Art and Business of Travel Writing. She's written for Forbes Travel Guide, BBC Travel, BBC Work Life, Brides, Fodor's, Hemispheres, and Lonely Planet. You may have seen her as a travel and life design expert on the likes of ABC News, NBC News, and South China Morning Post. In this episode, we talk about... Couch surfing gone wrong, workaways. She coined some amazing terms, slow mad and beg packer. So let's dive in and learn all about Rosie.
3: Now boarding.
0: Hey, Rosie. It's so great having you on the podcast. Hi. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. So this is super exciting. I'm a big fan of your work. So I'm glad that our audience is going to get to hear more about you. And I know you're a travel journalist and a nomad. So you've been around the world, but I'd love to know how you travel and why you travel. Um, thank you
3: so much, again, once more for having me. Um, how I travel and why I travel. Well, I've never really known anything else. Uh, my father was a diplomat, so we moved somewhere roughly every five years. Um, so it's completely, wholly and utterly normal for me. Um, but besides of it being part of my DNA, I think travel just really feeds me so much. It's so restorative. Um, it gives you new perspectives and it helps you put things into perspective about your your life back home as well. And when you're traveling and things are new to you, you kind of look out more and you listen more attentively, And ultimately it just makes you more well-versed in the world. It's it's educational and probably the most fun way to learn anything uh, in in my humble opinion. Um, I really truly believe in the importance of being in a place that sets your soul alive. Uh, So I think just going to places and discovering places that you love and make you feel like a better version of yourself. If you have the option and the opportunity to, I think you don't have to base yourself somewhere just because that's where you've always been. So I travel to add the ingredients that I know that I need in my life, which uh, are discovery and freedom and warmth and music and great food. And um, and that's. Part of the reasons as to why I travel. In terms of how I travel, um, I'm completely location independent um, and I travel with just one large antler suitcase and a carry-on. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, just that—that's all I have. It was—it was very, very hard uh, down downsizing, um, but I've been living that way for a couple of years now. And I'm a slow mad, so I'm I'm location independent. I'm nomadic, but I'm a slow mad, so I travel very slowly and I stay in places for as long as I love them. If I'm still completely enamored, I find no reason to go somewhere else. Um, and even though I know there is so much of the world to see, I think everyone should do it at their at their own pace. And as long as the love affair is still. Going going I'll I'll keep the fire on
0: I love that I've never heard the term slow mad before but I think I might start stealing that because I think that's definitely what I am too there's this pressure in our community as travel writers to move quick and like get through I don't know all the countries in the world in a week and how are you really experiencing them exactly um I, and there's there's absolutely nothing wrong
3: with that I think some people do get that thrill but I've never really been that much into counting countries if you think about if you compare you know yourself which you never should really anyway but if you compare yourself to other writers or journalists or anything I really haven't been to that many countries but I've been to a lot of destinations where I know them intimately and that's what I like I like to stay somewhere where I know where the best taco place is and I know you know what's happening every Tuesday night in Caspo Viejo and where you just, you know it to the point where it becomes home. And, and, and therefore also for my work, that really benefits me because then I have that intimate knowledge, which ultimately will serve me better in the future, if that's going to be a destination that I, that I choose to write about. Um, so yes, I've never really counted countries per se. Um, I haven't been to that many countries in the grand scheme of things, but I know places very, very well and, and that I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Well, and you have so much time to get to the rest. Like there's eons and eons left and I don't know, travel's getting more accessible and planes are getting faster. And I don't know, I'm not technologically inclined. So I don't know all the engine stuff (laughs) that they're doing, but, but I just keep hearing that, oh, now we can get here with an hour less, an hour less. So the world is definitely our oyster and it's good to kind of sit there and enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. Precisely.
3: Um, Yeah. So, so that's how, that's how I travel. I'm a slow mat. And very often people say, oh, but aren't you bored? I mean, you've been here for two years, but like, it's like a a person, like when you're in love with a person, (laughs) if you're still in love, why leave?
0: That's uh, such a good analogy. I absolutely love that. I mean, my mom definitely tells me I'm a commitment phobe. And I think that's probably true with countries too, because I do leave eventually. (laughs) Um, But enough about my relationship issues, because that would be a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, With all of your traveling, I'm sure you've picked up an odd souvenir that I'd love if you would share with us. Oh, yes, indeed, I'd be more than happy to.
3: Um, so I used to collect fridge magnets and postcards until I decided to go fully nomadic. And then I realized that I had an entire suitcase of decorations and home furnishings and travel mementos, which didn't really make sense because for the most part, I didn't really know where my home would be or, or is at any given stage. So it didn't really make sense. So I kind of realized that I had to sort of stop that and look for a souvenir that was a little bit more more intangible. So one thing I make sure that I always get is that I ask people from places I meet from different countries to teach me a word or the name of their favorite local dish that I can try. And that is something that is thoroughly intangible that I can take anywhere with me. It requires no storage space. It has no weight. And it's also pretty beneficial for connecting with people from that culture or from that country um, if I was to meet them in the future, because I always, always, I definitely believe that you can definitely connect with people better. If you can share a little bit of their language, um, it makes them a little bit more appreciative of you taking that interest in them and also just, you know, I, yeah, it's just a a really great way of connecting with people. And another thing is so a word that I always pick up is cheers I can say cheers in at least 20 languages Um, oh my goodness yeah from just you know souvenirs sharing food sharing meals with people you know you 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 raise a toast to each other and and that's just one of the beautiful things about travel as I'm sure so many people have said to you on this podcast it's the people that you meet and those experiences that you have so um yeah I can so let's 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 do some of them let's try and go over some see how many I remember. Uh, so cheers. Um, Prost in Dutch, Prost in German, Sonte uh, in French, Salud in Spanish, Saudí in Portuguese, Salute uh, in Italian, Yamas in Greek, Slancha uh, in Gaelic, Skol in Swedish, Skol in Icelandic, Skol in Danish, Skol in Norwegian, Lekheim uh, in Hebrew, Norok, Romanian, Gesundheit, Afrikaans, Išvikata in Lithuanian, Um, in Estonian, Gambe in Mandarin, Kampai in Korean, Gizwar in Albanian, and Yechida in Welsh, which is one of my favorite ones.
0: Yeah, I'd say that is, that's a great one to end on, because it does have that like finality of like, cheers like we're here huzzah
3: (laughs) yeah um and I think just being able to connect with people like in your own language is actually changes your whole entire or can change your entire experience of a place
0: I love that because number one we've had so many people on the podcast that have either like armory as their weird souvenir so a lot of guns have been snuck into countries and a lot of animals have been the weird animal thing so like stuffies things like that not always real animals but it's just interesting that there have been two major categories so far and yours has created a whole new category that I for one am very appreciative of because I keep worrying that I'm going to get like the NRA knocking on my door and being like, can we sponsor your podcast, (laughs) which we don't need here, (laughs) Um. but yeah. And I think learning languages, like you're right, it is it's so integral, but so many of us, like I'm terrible at learning languages. I took French for 12 years, and like the best thing I can say is (laughs) ne touchez pas le bouton rouge, which is don't touch the red button, (laughs) which I learned for a play in grade eight where we were aliens on a spaceship. (laughs) And um, that and grenouille, which is frog. So those are like that's all of my French. And that's 12 years of my life. <laughs> like, like, geez. So yeah, I think it is good to like and setting that little thing that you yeah, you can connect with. And I think it's a fun thing that you can also use as an icebreaker later of like yes. if you if you just throw out one of those words, people like I think Slanja people know a bit more, but like yeah, a lot of the other ones, if you just did it at like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like an average place, but just at like the pub down the road, I guess people be like, oh, what's that? And then bam, yeah. ice broken. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just, just fun. Just talking,
3: talk, talking to people and then they try to teach you more things. And in terms of the dish as well. So, you know, then when you meet some, I, you know, I'll, my, one of my favorite Swedish dishes is gladdkaka which I never say correctly. It's this beautiful, wonderful, sticky chocolate cake. And so whenever I meet a Swede, they're like, oh, you love gladkaka Well, maybe I can make it for you. And I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that. There is yeah. really no way that I'm going to say no to that attack. Um, and it just sort of opens you up to just, it just opens up this flower of wonderful experiences just off the back of one word. And I could not recommend this enough. This is something that has been so wonderful for me in all of my travels. Like you meet a Lithuanian and they're like, oh my gosh, wow. Like that's just fantastic.
0: And it's just, yeah. yeah one of those no I love that about
1: travel
0: yeah see it's actually funny that you said that too about the recipes because I collect recipes when I travel like that's my new thing because I was very much the same as you like oh my god so many things I like hoarded stuff in my basement bedroom at my mom's house I found like volcanic sand from Iceland still in a ziploc bag that I'd intended to put in a bottle had never done that (laughs) weird moment in my life. Don't know. (laughs) Like I was definitely a hoarder for a while. Um, And now I'm very much like you, like one suitcase is all I need. I'm planning to live in a van quite soon. So like very much scaling down. Um, But yeah, I find recipes are a great way to connect with the world and everyone like i have a friend as well she collects playlists so whenever she travels she gets new people she meets to create a spotify playlist for her that then she puts on her phone and then it's like this musical tour of the world based on these people you meet so like mine for her was all like broadway shows at the time cuz that's what i was into and she did not like that cuz she's not a broadway person but she's like whenever i miss you i'll listen to broadway and think of you and like that like this is the thing i think souvenirs they don't have to be t- tangible.
3: Oh my God. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. I
0: love that. I I may, I may also have to steal that
3: one perhaps.
0: Go for it. Yeah. I wrote a whole blog post about it and I got her permission to tell the world. So I'm telling the world again, because I think everyone should know that like, yeah, you don't, I don't know. I've like PTSD from snow globes. I used to collect snow globes. So I had so many and they just like, I broke a couple and the smell of broken snow globe is not a smell <laughs> I recommend. Probably got mercury poisoning. But yeah, I think like finding souvenirs that aren't snow globes. It's really great. <laughs> I hope you don't have mercury poisoning, by the way. Um, Me too. It's been a few years, so I feel like I would know by now, but like... <laughs> I'm not a doctor so <laughs> but thank you I appreciate it that is yeah, so very
3: cute the, the yeah the no, no snow globes anymore and intangible because because you're a nomadic as well and we just simply don't have the space the 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 mental no. space that the actual physical things take the mental clutter and the physical clutter that that creates we just can't mm-hmm. afford it when when you live this way
0: Exactly, and I think that's an important thing for people to think about as well in this like era of Marie Kondo in your life and I don't know, it's like spring cleaning stuff, all those kind of like get stuff out of your house. I feel like the hoarding era is over and we've moved on to like the minimalism era. Yeah. And so speaking of our way of travel, Um, I know nomads, we learn very quickly that travel isn't all pretty. So I'd love to hear about a time when travel didn't go quite as planned. So could you please share your tripping up story with us?
3: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so this story, uh, is a funny one. Um, I actually wrote about this experience for a lonely planet. Um, it was quite a a funny story that I got lots of uh, comments about and messages. Um, it starts actually in Buenos Aires. Um, I was there for a while, a couple of weeks and I couch surfed for the very, very first time. So this story involves couch surfing. Um, I couch surfed in Buenos Aires for the first time, which led me to this absolutely lovely host called Luis who introduced me to his family he took me to a wonderful real local barilla a steakhouse and he even took me to the Claro phone store to get my new sim card set up he was just so lovely and he really blew my mind in terms of kindness and warmth and openness so when I got back to Panama City which is uh, where I was living at the time um, I decided that I needed to return the favor and that I would open up my home to couch surfers and kind of give back. So my wonderful experience with Luis was sort of this springboard to kind of start uh, becoming a host myself. And so in case mm-hmm. anyone doesn't know what couch surfing is, um, it's this platform where you can basically couch surf and stay in people's homes, whether that's a couch or a room or an entire apartment um, that they may have available. And it's a, a
0: great way of connecting with um, locals. And it's completely and I was just going to say, and it's free. Yeah. Which is definitely a benefit. And I think, uh, I think it's all over the world now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah. I I know people who've couch
3: surfed in the most, uh, in really, really far flung destinations. And yes, crucially it's free. Um, so yeah, he really, so my, my first uh, host really blew my mind and I decided that I wanted to give back and bring things full circle. So my first visitor who came to stay with me, um, in Panama city was great. She was a Canadian travel journalist like you. Um, yeah, (laughs) me in another life. (laughs) So we, we just had that a lot in common and she was great. And then my second guest was pretty much my last guest. Um, I, oh no! Yeah, I never, I never hosted again after that. Um, I'll call him Diego. I will not use his real name um, to protect his privacy. Um, so, Diego was a gentleman who wrote to me on uh, Couchsurfing uh, saying, you know, that he was coming to Panama City and would I be happy to host him for uh, a while. And I said, you know, okay, I'm happy for you to stay with me for a weekend or a week maximum. And he said, oh, well, what about two weeks? How about to stay with you for two weeks? And I just thought, okay, you're pushing your luck already? Like you haven't even arrived here? And, you know, of course, someone's letting you into their home, but it's also just about, you know, them welcoming you for a, you know, duration that's kind of comfortable for them Um, as much as it is, you know, a two-way sort of collaborative uh, experience. So I did think that was, you know, a little bit unusual, but, you know, I thought, whatever, I didn't think much of it. Um, And at the time he was in Colombia. He was about to arrive in Panama City, and he was in Colombia at that time, um, in Bogota. And uh, so the day, the day of his flight, I knew when he was arriving, and we'd planned that he was going to stay with me from uh, Thursday until Monday. And then, so on Thursday, uh, he wrote to me while he was at the airport, and he was like, "Rosie, um, I'm well in Spanish on WhatsApp." I'm having a bit of a problem, Uh, they won't let me on my flight because I don't have proof of onward travel, which is a requirement for Panama. Um, I think Panama is quite famous for this. You always, always, always have to have proof of onward travel when flying into Panama. So he did not have that. And uh, apparently he also could not buy a ticket really quickly because he was at the gate, he was a bit frazzled, he tried to buy one and his credit card wasn't working. So, he oh, no. then yes, so it was all very last minute and the gates were closing in 10 minutes or so. So he then panicked and contacted me and said, hey, uh, Rosie. Well, actually, he kept calling me Rose, which irritated me because I always, <laughs> always, always introduce people with my real name, or, you know, and then somehow I get kept getting called Rose. It always gets written to Rose. And I never, you know, I never told him that that was OK to call me that. So that was another slight irk um i was also slightly irked by that then um so he said my credit card isn't working please 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 i beg of you could you try on your end to buy a flight for me um leaving panama back into colombia in 3 months and i thought ooh okay, um, that's interesting, you know, I've not met this guy. Um, However, you know, he is arriving here at my house in the next three hours. And so he said, if I could just try with my credit card um, and then he would give me the cash, he would pay me back in cash when he arrived in Panama City. So he, um, I, you know, I thought about it and I thought, okay, well, you know, this is slightly unusual, but I know I will see him because he is staying here. So of course, sure. I go on the website and I bought him a flight to leave Panama City back to Colombia so he could so he could board his flight. Unfortunately, I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe I was too late in purchasing a ticket or purchasing the ticket. But they did not let him on the flight anyway. So he could not get on that flight. So he remained stuck in Bogota. And then I thought, oh no, ooh. So, ooh, my money has just gone down the drain. So I bought this flight for this gentleman who is not gonna even be able to come to Panama. And it was just all a little bit of a mess. So um, he said, oh, well, don't worry. I I am gonna make it to Panama. I'm for sure gonna make it to Panama because um, that was where he planned to be for the next three months. And, um, And I didn't actually hear from him for about a week. He just sort of went totally silent Um, and turns out that he somehow managed to travel from Bogota and he actually tried to get to Panama by boat Um, which is oh my goodness yeah which is which is uh, kind of a a little bit different it's a bit of a treacherous route Um, route route, I never really know which one which what the pronunciation is for that one well there is no land there is no um, open land border between Panama and Colombia because of the Darien Gap which is one of the least visited places in the world and very dangerous. Um, So it's definitely not for the faint hearted. I know I wouldn't really, um, I'm not that daring. uh, So it's not on my, definitely not on my bucket list. So he decided to to cross by by sea. And then five days later or so, I got a message from him um, saying, oh, Oh, um, I've arrived in Panama. And this was on a Saturday or so, um, around 2 p.m. And the strange thing about this is in between that time, I just didn't feel comfortable about the situation anymore. Something wasn't sitting well with me. So within that time when I hadn't heard from him and after, you know, I'd already bought this flight, I then started to talk to some of my friends about the situation. And it turns out that he had actually been in Panama the year... Uh, before that. And he tried to stay with a couple of friends of mine. And we sort of realized that he was not really a backpacker, but he was more of a bagpacker. So, sort of, um, he t- doesn't necessarily really have a travel budget and he just sort of stays with people. Indefinitely, he stayed with one person for as much as six months, another person for three months, always for free um, and sort of, you know, says that he just doesn't really have the funds. And so I, was, I guess sort of in a way traveling on goodwill, so to say, but that's not what I was led to believe. I was led to believe that he his credit card wasn't working when I bought the ticket for him and not because he just, you know, didn't necessarily have the funds. Um, but not only was he a, a backpacker, but he also... I realized when I went back and I scoured through all of his reviews, because he had so many Couchsurfing reviews, most of his reviews were from women. So his reviews were from women and many of whom had, you know, commended him for things like being affectionate and attentive to their needs and giving back rubs and things like that. So I started to get a sort of somewhat gigolo vibe going on. So yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I, I realized all of his reviews, all 70 or so of them at the time were all from women and women who had commended him for, you know, these sort of things like being physically attentive. And that's just not sort of what I'm looking for from my couch serving hosts. I'm not looking no. for sort of service exchanges of, of that nature. So that was something that didn't really sit well with me. And then I spoke to some other friends because our our community in Panama was relatively intimate and uh, we we all sort of knew each other. And so I spoke to another friend who had also met him and he tried to stay with her for, well, just to move in with her really, not stay with, move in. And then another really good friend of mine. So he sent some topless pictures to my friend and asked my friend to send her some, send him some as well. And my friend said, well, you know, that's a little bit unusual. I don't feel comfortable with that. And also, wouldn't you find it a bit strange if I just sent you a picture of myself without wearing a top? And he said, no, no, I would find it. I would think that you were a free woman that loves herself and loves her body. And you know, all of this, you don't love yourself unless you send me nudes, you know, spiel. Yeah. And uh, and I just I felt so uncomfortable. And I thought, you know, this man is not stepping foot in my house because he is never going to leave. I can just see it now. So anyway, when he arrived, I'd already done, you know, my investigation, which I probably should have done before I bought him the flight. So I'd done all my investigations and I no longer wanted him to stay with me, at which point he arrived at the bus stop in Panama City. And he said, oh, hi, Rose. Not my name. Hi, Rose. Um, So I've arrived and I'm so tired because, you know, I've crossed by sea and I can't wait to get to a really nice, comfortable place and have a warm cooked meal. And I just thought, who's cooking you this meal? Like, yeah. Who, who is cooking you this meal? So you've just assumed that you can now still come to my place after I haven't heard from you in a week. Um, and I'm just going to cook you a warm cooked meal. Like, And I just said, you know what? I'm really, really sorry, but I no longer feel comfortable with you staying here. And I sent him a list of three different uh, hostels and hotels that he could stay at. And he said, yeah, but I don't have any money. I can't stay in a hostel. So I, I have to stay with you. And I, And I thought, well... You know, at that point, it it was obvious as ever that had he, you know, become my guest, I would have been thoroughly responsible for him. He would have been relying on me for, for sustenance and all of that. And I, you know, I with couchsurfing, it's one thing to open your home to people, but it's one thing when they demand it. That is something mm-hmm. entirely different. And, you know, we're all grown-ups here. It's one thing to want to travel, but you need to ha- take responsibility and sort yourself out. It's nobody else's responsibility to take care of you. And that's one thing that people should always be aware of when they travel and they're in somebody else's country. Don't also make yourself vulnerable like that. Anything can happen to you if you're in a position where you completely throw yourself into other people's care. Um, and, you know, so I I didn't feel comfortable with with him coming any longer. And, and he said, yeah, but I, I don't have any money. And one of the places I gave him was literally $10 a night. And he didn't mm-hmm. have
0: $10 to stay in that place. And I thought, well, which is Troubling, because he owes you money now for the flight, too. (laughs) So, like, where was that money coming from, dude? Exactly,
3: exactly. So he didn't have the $10 for for a hostel, but also from where the bus stop is to where my apartment was, is a $6 taxi. So I would have had to even pay the taxi for him to get to my place. So I I just didn't really understand it. And I felt duped because... The most uh, the operative fact here is that he told me that his credit card wasn't working, not that his credit card was, you know, not functional. That's, that's yeah. the, the main thing. That's where the, the deceit came. And, you know, I've told this story to countless people and they've said, you know, you just shouldn't trust people. But I feel like there, there has to be a level of trust uh, with, with travel because everybody is a stranger at first. And if you have your guard mm. up so high, you just literally won't do anything. So perhaps in the future, I'll be a little bit, you know, I'll get my detective hat out, my Olivia Benson <laughs> and comb through. The- those reviews a little bit more to have noticed the trend, which is that he only stays with women and also for very, very extended periods of time. Um, I don't know of anybody who just takes in a lodger for six months, like for yeah, for free. I do. I don't know of anybody who's done that, unless you know. Of course, you just get along so well, or maybe you develop a mm-hmm. sort of relationship or a different kind of relationship. Um, but I just, it was just all so interesting. And then with the information from my friends as well about him trying the same thing with them, and you know, the sort of slightly veering on lecherous messages as well. Well, not even slightly yeah. lecherous thoroughly lecherous
0: oh yeah no those were that's like serious fuckboy boy vibes right there i mean and like i get if like that's who you are be that way but not with like the person that you're going to stay with and and yeah it, i think beg packer was a very good way to phrase it because it really does sound like he's quite an opportunist and like, and that's the thing is i don't think it's about not trusting people but there are certain people and they're good at it. So it's hard to tell like it's and you want to be open, especially if, like you've done it before. You've been on the other side. Like, you know what you wouldn't do, but you don't know what someone else wouldn't.
3: Exactly. And this it definitely does work for him because, you know, he's he's a bit he's smooth. You know, he's he's relatively easy on the eye. You know, he's Argentinian. So he's like, oh, I'll make you an asado. You know, I'll make you the best asado of your life. But then I'm thinking, who's buying the meat? who's
0: buying yeah. food for this asado you know yeah like it's it's one thing if it's like you're going to make the meal but like if i'm still ba- paying for it like What's happening here? I mean, this is, it's still, I'm treating to the meal then, really. Like.
3: (laughs) I could just go to the the Argentinian restaurant uh, in Casco Viejo and have a great old Mm -hmm. time and get my chinchulín and have my, you know, have a great meal. Um, I don't need to buy it for myself and then under the guise that you're treating me. Um, And Mm -hmm. anyway, so yeah, that he, needless to say, he never came to my place. But the saga does not end there because um, once I told him, This and I said, at this stage, I'm just more focused on getting my money back. So, when can you repay me? He then, at this point, confessed that he doesn't actually have any money and he sort of travels and does a little bit of work here and there. And that essentially, if I wanted my money back, I would have to let him stay with me because if he didn't have a warm, comfortable place where he could stay, he couldn't go out and get a job. So, inadvertently,
0: it was my own fault that I wasn't getting my money back. Can you believe that? That's, that's absolutely ridiculous and such like male privilege right there, the way that he's phrasing all of that, but like. Yeah. This is the thing is like, I sometimes can't believe these people exist because I feel like as travelers, we do meet such brilliant, amazing, wonderful, caring people that open their homes. And yeah, who are so nice that you forget that some people would take advantage of that. And that like, like it would never even cross my mind to try something like that. And yeah, I'm like, I'm upset for you, like secondhand now. And it's, I know it's been a while, like uh, you've I told lots of people the story it's been on lonely planet so like it's you've probably like processed it more but like i am irate like, <laughs> i want to like find this man and be like diego we need to have a conversation about how you're living your life bud because like if you want to be a beach hobo that's fine but then you have to commit to being the beach hobo and not be like usurious <laughs> or if you want to be a gigolo. Commit full time. Oh, I'm sure. Get yourself on a website. That's a thing. Get yourself yeah. on a
3: website. You know, have a gym membership. Hang out in those places. You know, don't don't you know under the ruse of and it also just his terminology. Oh, I can't wait to have somewhere comfortable and warm. Like, oh wow, oh my. Personally, of it, it's pet.
0: Sorry, I was just going to say it's Panama. The whole place is pretty warm. Most of the time, like depending on what season he visited, it's warm everywhere. it's warm Even our rainy season, it's always scorching and deliciously hot. That's true. I guess because he's Argentinian, I didn't know if like, you know, like when you're from a hot place and you're like, oh, 21, God, like I can't, I can't handle it. Well, like, I'm, I'm just trying to like adapt that way. Cause for me, like being from Canada, like I had negative 20 this winter and I straight up cried because I haven't been in a Canadian winter in years. And like, I wanted to leave very quickly. <laughs> Luckily I was stuck. So I had to bear through it. And like, I got my, like, I don't know, you know, there's sea legs. I think there's like Canadian skin. Like it came back. Cause I was like, Ooh, negative six. It's balmy out. Like this is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> which like is like, I was so mad that I got it back, but I would love to find like 21 chili <laughs>
3: I've never had Canadian skin, but actually he'd been traveling for four years this way for four entire years with wow. no budget. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, so in a way he basically said that it was my fault that I hadn't, I wasn't getting my money back soon enough because had I let him stay with him, then he would have had that sort of taken care of the, the, you know, accommodation aspect. And then he could go out and do some work. So his job that he says he does is hairdressing. Um, so, you know, he'd find some clients every now and then or whatever. Anyway, ultimately I kept asking him, when are you getting my money back? When am I getting my money back? When are we going to meet? I want my money back. That's all I care about. And then he would still ask again, look, how about this? How about I just stay with you for one week? And then, but I'm like, no, this is not going to happen at this stage. All I care about is getting my money back. And either I'm going to contact the police or the Argentine embassy, whichever one you want. And eventually he said, okay, sure, I'll give it to you on Tuesday. Tuesday comes, I leave my house to go and meet him. And I said, where are you? He said, oh, it was raining and I didn't feel like leaving my home. So he had stood me up and I had left my own home in the rain to wait outside for him in the rain. I was livid. Furious, seething, I was so annoyed. Um, I gave him another chance again to come and meet me and give me my money in cash, um, which luckily he did. But the kicker in all of that, Nina, is that he came to give me my money in the very, very open, open place that I planned for us to meet. You know, very, very public. He came with his suitcase. He came with his suitcase because he thought, "Oh, I'll give her the money, and everything will be forgiven, and I can just move in with her, and we'll live happily ever after." And I, he came with his suitcase, Nina. Just how a delusion. Just oh my so god! Presumptuous. Like he came with his suitcase, and at this point, he had seen um, on my social media that it was my birthday the day before this. So he came with a birthday present, quote unquote, that he bought for me supposedly that morning somewhere in Panama. And do you know what that birthday present was, Nina?
0: Oh, God, I'm hoping it's not like he used your money for it either, though. It's like that's all I can think right now. (laughs) I'm just focused on like you have no money like or maybe he brought scissors to give you a haircut or something (laughs) like in the middle of the square.
3: No it was a mug set like a teacup mug and coaster set that literally had the map and like was plastered everywhere and it said Wisconsin, and (laughs) he claimed to have bought that in Panama City that morning for me as my birthday present. I'm like, no, you didn't buy this anywhere in Panama. Nobody was born yesterday. You literally... Uh, got this from somebody else's house that you were staying at you just took it or they gave it to you and now you've recycled it you did not buy this in Panama okay no one was born yesterday and I don't need this Wisconsin mug actually or any yeah. other reminders of you so luckily I got <laughs> my money back and that was it um, however I did complain to couch surfing and I just sort of you know told them about what was going on I didn't really want to get his profile barred because it is his bread and butter. I know that's what he's doing. It may not be right. And I might not agree with it, but some people do. And hence they do take him in. So I didn't want to get his profile mm-hmm. barred. but I checked recently and he is still traveling. He's still on the road.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. Yep. That is like, yeah, I totally get why that would be your last couch surfer. I also, like. I did want to ask actually kind of at the beginning, um, I've never hosted a couch surfer. So I was just wondering, Like personally, I think I'd be a bit concerned because I live alone about having a man come into my home. So I was wondering why you chose that initially, just kind of general question. Our listeners, do you try to learn something from this? So I try to like teach them even if I wouldn't do it.
3: Um, well, because first of all, I lived in a very secure building, which had security. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if you know anything were to happen, there was definitely always somebody that I can reach out to and rely on. So there's that. Maybe if, you know, if I wasn't yeah. living somewhere that I was quite so comfortable, maybe I would think twice. Um, and also mainly because I had stayed in a man's house in Argentina who there was nothing, nothing untoward about my stay whatsoever. I had my own room. There was never any sort of thing like that. I met his family. Family who were just so so lovely and welcoming and I want
0: to believe it's possible I want to believe yeah. that these things are possible oh no no I 100% agree with you I just ask because yeah I know like it is a scarier thing for some sure. people where I think sex does come like not sorry sex isn't gender so I think gender does come into it sometimes where yeah, like you do hear the horror stories or not even horror stories, but like the the warnings to women of like only stay with women. And it's like sometimes women suck. Like, let's be we're not all great. Like, there's, I'm sure there's some female Diego's out there, some Dora the Explorers who are living <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty sure the male Dora is named Diego. Otherwise, that joke does not land as well.
3: <laughs> why, why you chose Dora? Like what?
0: <laughs> I feel like when I used to babysit my cousins and it was like Dora and, D- and her cousin Diego would like go together. Oh. But if not, yeah, if not, this was a terrible <laughs> joke. If it was, I think it's pretty well crafted. <laughs> Um, well, I'll, I
3: guess we'll both have to check after this. Um, yeah. Yes, I, of course, definitely, there, there will be some of the women too. Um, but just because I'd had such a good experience, I thought, you know what, let's be open-minded. Um, I probably will think twice in the future if I ever do Couchsurf uh, host ever again, because that was pretty yeah. bad.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Well, of course. And I think like there were like the red flags were so hard to spot because like I totally understand the story I'm about to tell you will be very similar. Um, I was on Diego's side though, and the host was more of a Diego. So it like I'd like to think I was still in the right, but we'll find you can judge at the end. It's hard when it's like online reviews and like you, you have to look for those like hidden words. Like you've got to like examine it the way you would examine a book and like kind of critically review the reviews. Like that's not what you're there for. Like, that's where I find it can be quite stressful for people because, like, a lot of the tips people usually give is like, read the reviews, read the reviews. And then there's like, I don't know, you have like those negative Nellies who, like, the Karens of the world who will review things negatively for the hell of it. So then you're like, hey, do I trust that? Like, do I buy the IKEA chair that she says is like horribly uncomfortable and gave her scoliosis somehow? <laughs> Gen- genuinely a review that I found when I was buying bar stools for my temporary apartment. I was like, it's a $15 stool. Number one, I don't think stools can give you scoliosis, Karen, but like also it's a stool. (laughs) It's $15. (laughs) Don't expect the world. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Ikea shopping is a great time. Um, But yeah, like, so you get those people and then you get the people who like sugarcoat everything. So you're like, okay, I have to like learn to find like the trigger words where it's like, yeah, like affectionate. I mean, the first time you skim it, you're not looking for that. So it's very easy to be duped by it.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it is good to be a- affectionate, like you know. Mm-hmm. I get now obviously because, because with I needed the context to be able to mm-hmm. code that. Once I realized, and then he also at some point offered to give me a massage, and I was like, "I've not even met you yet, like, and I call you a hairdresser, not a masseuse."
0: yeah, like what, what full service salon is this? Cause like, <laughs> I don't really want to go to it. Like I, I feel like if you're an expert in cutting hair an expert at massaging me, those are two very different skills. Like, please don't like be Edward Scissorhands and break out the scissors to massage me. Cause yeah. like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah,
3: so, um,
0: I, I love, I love the, the Karen review from the bar barstool yeah. that's great. So this is the story of like kind of my Diego experience. Um, It was in Germany. I actually don't remember the woman's name. So that's kind of good. We'll just refer to her kind of as the woman. Um, And. I was also uh, budget traveling. Yes, yeah, so I, I decided to use Workaway to travel the world and Workaway is a very great portal for people that don't know. It's, um, I have a full review on it, uh, on my blog on Nina out and about, if you just search the word Workaway, you'll find everything you could know, but basically it's a way that you volunteer and exchange five hours of work five days a week for a room and board all over the world. And it's a great service. I did travel with it for a year. I fully recommend it. I would love to do it again, but this one instance was bad. And based on this instance, you'll kind of learn everything not to do with work away, because <laughs> it's entirely, I mean, the lady wasn't great, but the choices I made were my fault. And I will say that. So I was planning for December to spend the whole of December in Berlin. I really wanted to go like do the German Christmas markets, like to the fullest, like I was ready. So um, to do that, I chose a Workaway that was right inside of Berlin. And that was kind of like flaw number one, because Workaway works best when you choose it based on the profile of the people, not based on where you want to be. Like if you pick the country, it's good, but it, like, you shouldn't have like a 20 mile radius that you're going to be within. The biggest red flag came when day of, she still hadn't told me the address to go to. So I've like arrived in Berlin. I'd been in Munich for a few days. So I've come from Munich. She knew all of this. I'd been pestering her for over a week to be like, where am I going? Like, don't give me your address. Give me the subway stop. Fine. But like how am I getting to you? Because I don't know. And I'm like, I'm on the train from Munich and I still don't know where I'm going. And then I was literally like about to leave the train station to go to a hostel when the lady finally messages me and says like, it's X, Y, and Z stop, get on the train and like, we'll meet you there. And I was, I was like, okay.
3: It's concerning to not have the address to share that with your friends and family. Should you have gotten kidnapped?
0: Exactly. Everyone else had always told me, even like, even if they didn't have a specific address where it was, it was like, here's a meeting point, And here's the vague area that we're in. It was just, it was very strange, but I was like, hey, I don't know. I'm like very much like I've made a commitment. I have to do it now. I don't want to let someone down. So my mom was trying to tell me, she's like, don't do this. Like, Do not like, and my gut as well. Like, I think she and my gut were like aligned there, being like, What? Like, run away, run away. So, I get on this train and I go to this woman's train stop. She does meet me at the train station. We arrive at her house. I have to like carry the suitcase up the stairs to the second floor walk up where I'm like, Okay, can I put this in my room? And she's like, No, no, we'll do that after. It's like, okay like i'll leave it in the front hall then but that seems problematic so i come in she's like oh we'll I'll get you something to eat and it's just bread and butter and i was like that's not a meal and work away like the part of the agreement is that they will give you food and like it should be more than bread and butter because that's not a meal
3: it should always be more than bread and butter anywhere everywhere all day every day
0: Yeah. Like, so, and this is like the first night too, which is kind of when you get the vibe of how the whole thing is going to go. So I'm not feeling great about this, but I'm exhausted. I just want to like sleep it off and figure it out. So I was like, okay, we start chatting a little bit about how things are going to go. And it's not what I signed up for because it's all childcare. And I do not like children. I'm on record. Like children are not my thing. I don't get it. Like the agreement had been that I would make lunch for the family. What I hadn't been told is that I would make lunch for the sons as they come home from school and then have to watch them all afternoon. And like, they're, they're like 12 and 14 or something. Watch or wash? Watch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Better. No, wash would have been, I would have been out of there immediately. (laughs) Um, Cause I was not. No. (laughs) So she like takes me around the house and just starts telling me how to clean things as well, which was, and I had agreed to clean stuff. So I was like that, like, that's something that I would do fine. But like, this is my first night. I've just gotten here after hell on earth. What is happening?
3: Did she even ask you how you were? Like, how are you? How is your journey? Like
0: big years? No. All is good? No. None of that. No. And she's like, she barely speaks when she speaks. It's very curt. Like you're going to do this, this, and this. And this was like hostily blunt, to be honest. So I'm like, I'm not loving this. I really don't feel great. And then finally she's like, okay, I'll show you your room now. So I'm thinking it's like the extra bedroom we saw. That's the other son's bedroom. It's something like that. No, no, no. It's up the third flight of stairs. And this is like in like the common stairwell, not in the house. Like these are all step. It's like a kind of townhouse detached house sort of thing. So I go up another set of stairs. And what she opens is the door to a storage locker. (laughs) A storage, a storage (laughs) locker that has a radiator in the corner, a leaky sink that has like a sock stuffed into it. That way it won't leak, a window with a bit of a crack in it, and then a twin mattress on the floor. And that's where she's like, this is your room. It has heating. And I was like, oh, it, has, wow. it has. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, oh, God bless you, you saint. Like, thank you so much. This isn't Harry Potter's worst nightmare. Like, what? And the bathroom is like across the hall. It's a toilet in like a cement. Whole ba- or like a like room basically that feels like a prison cell and it's so cold in there that like the water from that faucet would like freeze as it was dripping sometimes so and she's like yeah you there's no shower I, to shower I have to go to their house her rule was you can't shower while we're home what which is yep yep <laughs> yeah uh don't shower while we're home we all take a communal bath like we like reuse the same water don't worry we won't make you do we won't make you do that but you have to keep your shower to five minutes and I was like and and you can only shower every other day I was like you can't police my life this way and she's like, don't come down for breakfast till we've gone don't like it once I get home from work with my kids like leave us alone it's like I want to have time with my kids it's not time for you to be here and work away much like couch surfing is a communal experience the whole point is like interaction and cross-cultural exchange and like all like these beautiful things where it's like you're supposed to be a part of each other's lives it's not servitude and this was very clearly like modern slavery I mean, that he brought you there to be a housekeeper a housekeeper Oh, hundred percent. And like, there's, there's no Wi-Fi in the room upstairs that I'm in. So like, except if you're in like one corner touching the radiator, which is super bad for you. Um, and that was a requirement for me because like, I do work online all the time. I was freelancing for a law firm. I was freelance writing at the same time. So like, I need access to the internet to do my work.
3: And, need and to if need to I, report someone where you are and get out of there and call the police,
0: Exactly. And I'll be honest, I stayed longer than I should have. I stayed a week because I was trying. Yeah, I was trying really hard. I thought it was me. I thought that I was being and I think women do this a lot where we like put it on ourselves and we're like, oh, like it's my fault that I didn't notice. Like I committed. I have to stick with this, which is probably why some of those women let Diego stay as long as they did, because like you feel like you put yourself in that situation and you have to make the best of it. And I thought I was being like, I don't know like elitist or something somehow, where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I need silk sheets. And I was like, a month later, I slept in a barn for six weeks and had a great time. Like it was like barn house, like not in the barn, but like loved it. I can definitely rough it. Like I was not being, I don't know, whatever. And even if I had been, who cares? It would have been like my choice and like my standards should have mattered.
3: Judging yourself a little bit, like for for desiring a little bit more comfort, but it's not it's not the home comforts that was the issue to Mm. begin with. She wasn't nice to you. She actually wasn't nice to you. She was not personable. She did not make you feel welcome.
0: Exactly. And like the best thing I found that actually makes this entertaining is when I tried to leave. This woman had not said more than one word to me like a day the entire time I'd been there, except to be like, "Did you finish work today?" And I'd be like, "Yeah," and she was like that's it. Like she didn't even respond to that. So when I was leaving, I wrote her this, like, I'm a very thoughtful person. So like, of course I like poured my heart into this letter that was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I understand that this is a challenge for you now, but like, I have to think of myself and like, here's where like things that you promised on the website that you didn't live up to. Cause like that lawyer part of me still comes out where I'm like, here's the proof like that you fucked up, but also like, well, but then while i was there um i found she has like a little uh kind of like a like a guest book almost in that room that's all the past workawayers had written in and if you read those The things that they write are very different than the things written on the website where it's like, yeah, like whatever her name is, like, won't, uh, she's all about family, which, but that means that like, she's not about you and like, so things like that, where they kind of put the first half on work away, but then the second half they didn't. So you don't really see the, like, oh, she's like, she's all about family. So dedicated to her job, which means she's not a good (laughs) house or like, um, their house is lovely. doesn't say anything about where you're staying because where you're staying is horrible. And then, or it'd be like tips on where to go to get Wi-Fi because it clearly doesn't work in the room. Like things like that in this book. So I was like, the fact that this book is so different than your profile and the comments of other people is a huge red flag. And like, and she she was upset. Like she sent me like a four page text of like, how I was like so bad. And I was like leaving her in the lurch and it was all my fault. And like, and it very much like Diego where it's like, somehow I owed it to her because I'd made this commitment, but she wasn't living up to her end either already. And she'd made me feel hugely uncomfortable. And like, and now I had to spend a month somewhere else. Cause I'd planned like workaways are, they do tend to be minimum two weeks. So kind of the opposite of couch surfing where it's like, you are committed for a while. So as a traveler, like who had planned a lot of stuff, like I had a flight leaving from Germany afterwards. So I had to stay in Berlin. I ended up having the best time. And like, I'm able to laugh about it now because like all those red flags that I never would have thought to see before. Like, yeah, when people, especially if if there's never a negative in someone's post, that's a red flag. Cause there should always be the like, oh, but it's a bit far from this or like something like that. There should be that like little, like, if someone's being really honest, they will have a negative to put in there.
3: Oh, your experience is so bad, but with reviews, it's, it's really a fine line. It's a, it's a dance because especially if you know that the people are using it as their source of income, you don't want to mess with that. I'm just because you didn't like it. That might actually be heaven for somebody else. Like, but exactly. I know what you mean about there's usually like a, a phrase or
0: something that lets you know, you know, Well, and that's I think the thing, too, with travel stuff like that, where it's hard because, yeah, you're putting your faith in other people that you don't know. And especially with like couch surfing with Workaway, where it's not fully policed the same way. I think especially when people are what makes travel, that's what makes it so hard when it's like a person didn't make an experience or actually made it bad because we're so ready to like let them make it better. So I'd love to hear your travel triumph now, um, which can be any kind of like positive memory, something that you're looking forward to getting back to with travel, your favorite part of travel. We just like to remind our listeners that travel isn't all trip ups.
3: Uh, sure, no problem. Um, thanks uh, for giving me the floor. Um, of course. So my my um, travel triumph, um, it's actually the story of what led me to Panama, which is a place that has given me so much in life. And actually much of my travel writing is dedicated to, uh, to Panama. Um, I ended up there purely by accident Um, so I went traveling on sort of my first solo extended trip a couple of years back Um, but in my mind there are there are a couple of places that are just literally paradise on earth and Costa Rica was one of them so I really wanted I love Costa Rica so you've, so you've been to Costa Rica. Um, and I really, really wanted to go. And I had all these ideas and perhaps maybe expectations of what it would be like and how I would feel. So I left London and I booked to like stay in Costa Rica for a couple of months. And I got there and I didn't really fall in love with it the way that I thought I would. Um, I didn't really find my nirvana or whatever I was looking for that I I, I didn't. I currently have in London anyway, um, because I am such a, a beachy soul. I really need the warm weather. I need the water nearby. I just need the comfort of knowing that it's, it's available for me. And I love the the, the standard of living or the way of life that the water invites. So, um, I didn't really find that in Costa Rica. And I pretty much done everything that I wanted to do in months and months and months. I did it all already within two and a half weeks. Um, and I, Wow. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd already done it all. And I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll I'll check out somewhere else. And then, so I was in a hostel and there was a Lonely Planet guidebook there, um, the Central America on a shoestring. And I just looked through it and then there was... Panama. And, uh, you know, I I read about the capital city and I thought, okay, you know what, this might be interesting for a couple of days, go see the canal. They've got, you know, some very rich history with all the Noriega stuff. So sure, let's go to Panama for six days or so. So I booked a ticket to go from San Jose to Panama city for just six days. And everything that I had dreamt travel could be, dreamt a place could be, dreamt that I could feel. Everything happened once I landed in Panama. It's like my life began at that moment. Um, just, I met the best people. I loved the weather. I didn't really know what the city looked like. I didn't really know much about Panama besides the canal, if I'm perfectly honest. And I arrived, um, I met these two wonderful girls from New York. I was staying in a hostel, and a hostel in the old town of Casco Viejo. And just everything, just the revelry, the community, the feeling, everything was just, it was just a perfect marriage. And so at the hostel, I met this uh, American uh, man from California. And he said, oh, well, have you heard of Bocas del Toro? Um, it's an archipelago on the west of Panama of nine, uh, nine different um, small island, of islands of different sizes of nine different islands. Um, and I said, yes, you know, of course, I've heard of it. Um, you know, apparently it's kind of a bit of a party place, but I, I don't have enough time to go there. And I don't know. It seems a bit overrated. I don't know. I, I just I just don't think I can go. And he said, look. Rosie, you, you of all people, from what I know of you, in the one day I've known you, I just met him. I had just met this man. Um, and he said... You, of all people, have to go to Bocas del Toro. It has to happen. You have to do it. And, and I, I was like, but why? And he said, well, you know, you need to go to this place. And there's this one particular hotel which has a trampoline on the water. And you jump into the water and it's, everything is on the water. And it is just paradise. And it's like a perfect Caribe paradise. And I thought, yeah, you know, I've got to be back in Costa Rica on Wednesday. I can't do it. And he said, I'm done with the excuses. Give me your passport number. And I thought, what? And he said, give me a passport <laughs> number. I'm gonna buy you a flight. And I thought, <laughs> okay, sure. I'm like, okay, sh- okay. And then I gave him a yeah. passport number and he bought me a flight, just a one-way flight to go to Boca del Toro. And that was it. I've never seen him again. Nothing ever happened with him. He just, he was like a fairy godmother that was like, this is where you need to be. And I went there. And I fell head over heels in love with this place. It was like, it had my name on it. It just so entirely. And I... It. I never went back to Costa Rica. I lived there for months and months and months. And then I had to go back to London, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to live here one day. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. And then, so I did go back to London and eventually stayed there for a while, sold all my stuff and moved to Panama. And it, it was, you know, because of this trajectory of randomly finding that guidebook in the hostel, deciding to go to Panama for a few days Meeting this man who is my fairy godmother in some sort of sense, um, yeah. forced me to go to my perfect island paradise, which and Panama and Bocas del Toro and Panama City have, have saved me in, in many ways. It was just, it's just a place that has given me so much. And that is absolutely a triumph because travel is, is about those places that make you feel like you're at home. It is about a feeling in your heart and it's about the people. And this, this man, he is just a wonderful person. And, you know, it's not, it wasn't an expensive flight, but it was just the push that I needed. And he just, he just did that for a stranger, for an absolute stranger that didn't, he didn't owe me anything. I didn't owe him anything. And that, and that was just literally it. Travel can just be so, so beautiful. Like with those moments, just take your breath away. And here I am years later, still telling people the story, still feeling thoroughly grateful to him because it was just, it was just wonderful. And Panama has come to my rescue at times of heartbreak, sadness. It's Panama will always be there. And I will always be appreciative to him, uh, to, to the place and just to the wonderful experiences that I've had there and what it has taught me about the world. And it's also been great for my career Um, living there and getting to getting to know it really well and writing about panama for my dream publications it's just been wonderful and yeah that's travel is about those moments that take your breath away that you can't even explain i can't explain it it's just a feeling sometimes. It's just exactly with people. When you fall in love with somebody, there isn't a definite list of, oh, I love this person because X, Y, and Z. No, it's just a feeling. You just get, it takes you over and it's, it's, it's inexplicable. You can't explain it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so fortunate that this, this is my work as well and that, you know, discovering those places I love translates into professional uh, betterment is just wonderful. And I still can't even believe that sometimes. Um, but yeah, some places just have your heart. And also listening to your podcast, there was something that um, one of your guests said as well, which is that just, you know, your heart knows when it's time to go somewhere as well. And for me, I also always wanted to go to Brazil. It was just one of those places because also growing up, my mom had a really interesting relationship with brazil even though she'd never been there we ate brazilian food at home we listened to brazilian music we knew the lyrics of sao Georgie songs so going to brazil was kind of like a pilgrimage uh, in a way and when i arrived I was just in floods of tears all the time because I was just like, oh my God, I'm here. Like, it's just, it's just a, a magical, magical, magical feeling. And there are just some places that can do that to you. And I really honestly urge anybody who can, obviously, you know, with the pandemic, you know, we, we can't travel as, as freely as we once could, but there is just something so moving and powerful. And it's such a gift
0: what travel can give you and anybody who can should. I completely agree, and on that very positive note, because I think that's the message of the show, really, um, we'll be saying goodbye to you, Rosie. Thank you so much for joining us on Tripping Up.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you.
2: Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day.
0: How exciting. You've learned all you need to know to become an expert couch surfer and work aware, And you might even be inspired to become a slow mad like Rosie and like I'm now going to call myself to learn more about Rosie. Check out her website, rosiebell.net. And if you want to live your life, just like her, you should check out her website, discoverysessions.io, where you'll find awesome classes and brainstorming tools to help you figure out the best way to live your life and to start an entrepreneurial lifestyle that could let you slow mad even more. To give you a taste of some of the amazing articles that Rosie has written, check out her bbc.com article all about Nigeria. Rosie has Nigerian roots and in this article she explores the way that the country is kind of set up to overachieve. My favorite quote from the article is, For Nigerians like myself, a competitive streak is as natural as a spicy jollof rice at a wedding. Which I think says it all. really makes me hungry for some jollof rice. Thank you for joining me for for another amazing episode of, thank you for joining me for another amazing episode of Tripping Up. I hope to see you again in two weeks. Cheers.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.